What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 16th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to break down the Friday and Saturday night summer league slates. Uh, 16 games on Friday. Those were the loser brackets from the first slash second round, depending if you de- determine the first round as a playing round. And then Saturday, we had the quarterfinals, eight teams. All looking to get into the semifinals on Sunday today, so we'll talk about that last. Uh, so basically, that means all 24 teams in Vegas played in the past two days. So I thought we'd kind of go through each team and what we took away, you know, what mattered, what didn't matter, all that kind of stuff. Who looked good, if it doesn't matter, all that. So kind of going team by team, I'll go through it by order. But I, I just wanted to mention one thing that I thought was uh, kind of lame, but kind of interesting, I guess. To, to, I guess it kind of shows... Uh, either you could call me a herb or you could call me whatever you want to call me. I guess dedicated if you want to be positive. But uh, a friend of mine asked me, like, why are you... Because it was my my night off the other day. And I was asked, hey, why do you care about Summer League when it's your night off? Do you want to go out and do anything? I'm like, no, I kind of just want to hang out and watch Summer League. And she's like, why are you doing that besides your work? Because you could just record it. I was like, no, I just like to do it. And, and I've, I've always been like that. And... It led me to a story when I was in pretty much in fifth and sixth grade when rec ba- like you play rec basketball and you'd go to the high school gym, middle school gym, whatever school gym, and you know they'd play one hour games three and three four in a row. And what I would do is um, I would go to the gym. I would whatever whatever time it started, whatever time my team would play. I would go there for the first game regardless. My mom would drop me off, and I was like. They, they didn't care. And I would hang out regardless if, I, if I'm playing. So I'd see every game, and like I would scout the other teams. And my, my coaches, I always told them that. I'm like, hey, I'm going to count. I'm gonna, I was basically like the coach. But the coach would have the final say, but I would give him input. And I was always like that. And uh, the guy who was the commissioner of the rec leagues, he knew that too. And he always like put me on certain teams. And his son was really good. So we were usually on the same team, and uh, I I ruled in rec because uh, it, it was just fun, man. And I've, I've just been just I, I love watching the little stuff about basketball, man. It's such a great sport. So, all right, um, I'm from New Jersey again. Uh, I don't I don't talk much about myself on here, but by myself, uh, I usually get a good response. So if anybody has a herbed out story like that, let me know. Okay, so. Let's get into this. Again, we're going to start with the consolation games. And the first one we're going to do is Houston and Atlanta. Not much analysis needed on Houston. Zochi started out looking really good. He had some nice rim runs, had some nice rolls to the basket. Thought he looked pretty good early, but eh, he really trailed off. So you could really see how raw, especially on defense. I mean, he is a major, major work in progress. I mean, a good comparison will be Eddie slash Walter Devarez. Just... So much arms and legs. It takes so long for those guys to get that going, especially offensively. Gobert, for instance, he he clicked quickly on defense, but his offense finally started to get going. Like he he was you no know, he was also phenomenal pick and roll, but uh, Zochi not going to be fantasy relevant this year. I think he's going to be fantasy relevant. Maybe he does have a jump shot. He took three threes. He's shooting threes. He's got a nice jumper. Solid free throw stroke, so that's kind of uncommon for a guy with a, a seven, eight wingspan, uh, seven two seven seven. We, we've heard different different measurements on that, but overall, I would say it was kind of a downward trend. Other than him, I mean, there's really nothing else. That um, Troy Williams actually, he was really good. Um, what top five score, I believe, in summer league. Another guy who just benefited from turnovers and really up-tempo pace. He got a, a lot of dunks, a lot of shots at the basket. It reminded me a little bit of Chris Dunn. Uh, not the same position, obviously, but just how he got his buckets. Chris Dunn last year, that is. Um, just cleaning up inside, getting the free throw line, all that stuff. Um, solid, solid game. Uh, pretty much summer league from him. Really don't see him getting minutes with the Rockets. Uh, he'll probably just kill in the G League. The Hawks, now we have some analysis here. This team was super fantasy relevant. One of the probably top five teams for fantasy relevancy with Dwight Howard gone and obviously Millsap in Denver. 
Uh, I thought that one of the most impressive rookies, top five, you have to say John Collins. Among non-lottery players, Kyle Kuzma made a good case tonight. Tonight being Saturday. But John Collins, man, I think the Hawks tweeted out he had 13 dunks in in Vegas. Most of them of the emphatic fashion. He was just so good. He elevates quick. I always say Marion, if you've listened to this pod before. Like Sean Marion just... Ground to floor, dunking so fast if you're not like 7-2. Uh, he just gets up fast, and he gets up fat high, brings the ball. He, like, he wants to posterize everyone. Uh, we saw him do it the other day. Um, that was on Czech Diallo, and then we saw him do it on Zochi. And yeah, it was, it was close. He did have one where later in the game, Zo was in a similar position. John Collins was on a cut. And, yeah, he, he wasn't having it, and John Collins got an easy dunk. But, I mean, he's hit threes. He shot the ball well. I thought he had a decent rebounding run. I mean, this guy, is, they want him to be the power forward. And based on what Paul Millsap said, how he said that the Hawks never offered him any sort of money, they basically went into the draft knowing that Millsap's gone, right? I mean, if you're not going to offer a guy a serious contract you kind of know that you're gone and hey i mean they drafted that position for a reason i mean i'm sure that best available was obviously a factor but john collins looked killer um i don't know if i'm drafting him in fantasy but um, we'll see i mean he's he's got a pretty good clear path for minutes i mean ursan early silva is probably gonna start i don't really know if john collins can play the five he's a little undersized he didn't really bang that well i wasn't really impressed with his rebounding but um, and he almost, like, watching him set screens and even getting the ball up high in the high post, he lo- almost looks like a small forward just because he's really high-waisted and he doesn't just, like, you look at him from a distance like, without a reference point and you think he's a small forward, for me anyways. So, but yeah, John Collins was killer. Two guys that didn't play on Friday were DeAndre Bembry and Tareem Prince. We know Tareem Prince. We've talked about him for a couple months now. Um, he's very fantasy relevant, probably mid-round. Um, um, very, very transition-friendly. You would think that the Hawks run transition hard. Uh, Budenholzer, with his team now, they you know they like to spread the ball around. They're not never really big-time in pace, but they have, they've had Millsap. They've had Dwight Howard. Although Dwight has been in some up-tempo systems recently. But again, the coach that he's had on those teams tend to favor up-tempo systems. Or general managers. Uh, especially with the Rockets. So, anyways. Um, yeah, he's, he looks good. So I think one person that put himself on the radar, um, partly because of Tim Hardaway Jr. going away, was DeAndre Bembry. A guy who played mostly three. Um, his high weight would probably be, from the season that is, James Harden. When THJ had that great comeback, what, 20 points in the fourth quarter for a big comeback, 23, something like that. And Bembry locked up hard and played most of the fourth quarter. Um, and he was he had a, so a couple really nice steals, had one steal to steal it. So I think Bembry is definitely on the board, man. I mean, you could take him last couple picks. Um, I, I would take a flyer on him. This team is not deep, and they're clearly changing their plan. Um, they do have Kent Bazemore still, so you wouldn't think he would run away with those minutes. And like we said, Prince and Ursula Ilyasova and Collins. So this rotation is starting to fill out. It's really young. And, I mean, not having Ilyasova probably would have helped. Collins would have been a for sure pick if Ursan didn't come back. But Ursan was good with the Hawks. Um, a lot of people kind of forget how effective he was. And they even closed with Ursan and Millsap at the 5 a lot. That was like their go-to lineup when they were really winning games in, what, March. So, Dwight was healthy, too. Okay, so that's kind of it for fantasy-relevant guys. Um, I thought Alpha Cabo played okay, but we're obviously not going to draft him. All right, let's move on. Man, we're already 10 minutes in. We got one game done. That's that's not good. Okay, so Wizards and Wolves. Yeah, let's just skip this one. (laughs) There's really nothing going on with those guys. Uh, I could talk about Chris McCullough stinking and all that, but I'm not going to. Let's kind of move along here. Uh, so we got Utah and the Bucks. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell. I think he only played two games in Vegas, and then what three in Utah? Uh, looked terrific. He had the the, the Vegas. High, uh, yeah, he had the Vegas high, thirty seven points. Right, uh, a couple people hit thirty five, and uh, one <laughs> one being 
Dylan Ennis. I can't believe of all people, Dylan. We'll get to him. Anyways. <sighs> okay, so where does Mitchell fit? Um, one thing I noticed that was really important was him playing the one. And he said on ESPN's broadcast that he thought that was his biggest takeaway. He's like, oh, I can play the one, despite what people were saying. So, yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to play the one. They And Exum had a good summer league, too. In Utah, he didn't play in Vegas. But, yeah, Mitchell's kind of fantasy relevant. This guy can score. He could defend. They kind of drafted him for his defense, I think. And they didn't really expect him to blossom into the guy that he did. Well, you could call him top top five for sure score in summer league. This guy fills it up, man. Fearless. Gets in the lane. Uh, takes a lot of fancy shots. He was just a, a real treat to watch. Definitely must watch all teams summer league for sure. Um, so, yeah, definitely he helped himself a lot. Uh, you could tell that Jazz, um, we don't know how that worked out. We know Tim Conley was really on the phone trying to work deals. And when they made that trade for Trey Lyles and what turned out to be Tyler Lydon to get Mitchell, it um, I mean it looks like that, that the trade's looking good for Utah. And uh, if Rodney Hood could play well, and if Mitchell can get out there, they, and they could feel comfortable playing Rodney Hood against threes, they may not miss Hayward too much, man. This team could be a playoff team as stacked as the West is. Uh, other Utah takeaways: I thought Tony Bradley played well. What twenty eighth pick, I believe, and. He had a couple of really nice defensive plays. Thought he rebounded well. Uh, not again, not fantasy relevant, but first round pick playing well. You like to see that. Eric Griffin was one of the better guys I wasn't watching early in summer league, but I was watching him late in summer league. That's, that happens a lot. Usually, you'll see guys do that, and he was one of them. He he was terrific. Uh, Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune uh, reported that they're going to try to get him on a two-way deal, which makes sense. I mean, a guy who comes out and just dominates in Summer League, who you didn't expect to dominate in Summer League, you love that. Um, again, people treat Summer League um, really important. It's, it's a huge thing. Uh, it's pretty much it there. I really don't see anything else worth talking about. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Bucks. <sighs> so they had DJ Wilson. Thought he was all right. Um... Look, he had a couple bright spots. You see why they drafted him with the length and with the shooting. That's kind of what they're looking for. They want guys who can shoot the rock and defend multiple positions. That's clearly the path for the Bucks, And they want they want to have more length than anyone in the NBA. And that makes sense. That's kind of the, the way to beat the Warriors, right? You want as much length and as much athleticism as possible. And defender threes and cut down on the cuts. Best way to stop a good cut is some, some range, some length. And good team defense. And if you have length in those things, that's kind of the plan for the Bucks, I would say. Um, so, yeah. DJ Wilson, I don't expect him to be in the rotation, but I thought he looked good. Um, yeah. Anyways, Thumb Maker, I would call it disappointing. Um, they, Jason Kidd talked him up hard. Talked him up saying he wanted him to rebound well, then handle the ball. He's not ready for that at all. He didn't play late in summer league, as expected. But his, his defense was really good, and that's why they drafted him. They wanted a guy who could, again... Guard, pick, and roll. Protect the paint. And he did that almost better than anyone, I would say. Uh, I mean, there was... I forget what game it was, but he had so many good games. I think against the Nets. I'm not sure on that. But he was just great in pick and roll. And he switched and blocked shots. And it was just like, dude, man. And he, I'm sure the Bucks were just excited as I was watching that. Um, okay, so besides that, Gary Payton, too, played well. Rashard Vaughn had a couple big games, but... We know we've kind of seen Rashad Vaughn. I hate to write a guy off, but he had a big opportunity when Middleton went down, right? And it was basically him or Brogdon. And many people say Brogdon didn't play well in summer league, which I totally disagree with. Brogdon looked good last year, and I knew when Middleton went down that Brogdon was gonna be uh, give him a real push, and he did, obviously, more so than anyone, myself included, expected. Anyways. So, yeah, I'm not feeling that. Um, we're good. Move on there to the next game. Let's see. We'll try to zip through. This was a good one. Both these teams have some some notes to write off here. I thought Jordan Bell was really good. 38th pick, same pick as Pat McCall last year. Um, obviously, the Warriors didn't have a draft pick. And for the second year in a row, they kind of, I think they hit the jackpot. They really wanted another wing to draft last year. They got McCall, and I don't know how that worked out. McCall was really good in summer league, really good this year too. Filled it up. What had a twenty-six point game? A lot of off the dribble stuff. 
passing the ball. McCaw just, you could tell that guy just loves basketball, man. Um, he had some off the court issues, but man, maybe it's the culture or whatever it is about Golden State. But Pat McCaw, man, he's a he's a good dude, and you could tell he's he's focused on basketball. I love seeing guys who had no reason to play in summer league go out there. Love it, and Pat McCaw did. So props to him. Again, Jordan Bell. I, I love Jordan Bell. Uh, I would him, John Collins off the top of my head, and Swanigan were probably like my three favorite big men. I'm sure if I forgot someone, I'll hit him. But he looks so good, man. I'm pretty sure he's ahead of Looney. Uh, he's ahead of Damian Jones. We'll see if Javel McGee doesn't come back. Um, he's, yeah, I think Draymond Green's going to take him under his wing. They're going to have him for at least a couple of years before they got to start paying him. So um, that's what the Warriors have to do with the way the cap is right now. They have to pay their guys, pay them all their cap pretty much, and fill it in with exceptions and cheap rookie deals and stuff. So um, Jordan Bell's pretty legit, man. He had the 5x5. Five five. He's been really good on defensive stats. We love that in fantasy. So uh, I'm I'm feeling Jordan Bell. Uh, I watched only time I saw him was in NCAA. I was kind of smitten. I love hardcore rebounding guys, and he did that really well. Uh, Clippers Bryce Johnson really good run from him. He was really bad last year in summer league. Actually got pulled in his first first quarter because of subpar play, so the coaches could drill him about what he was doing wrong. But really consistent. You love to see that, and that's kind of again I talk about this a lot. You love consistency in second year second summer league players. And he, hit, he did that really well. Um, he played center. He played power forward. Um, so multiple positions is huge, especially for a team that has two very injury-prone forwards and Daniel Gallinari, who does play some four, and Blake Griffin suddenly, uh, who was Mr. Durable, we've talked about before. Uh, I thought Jawan Evans played well. Uh, had a good 17-point game. Passed the ball pretty well. Uh, he looked good. Nothing, he's not going to be in the rotation. We didn't see Montrez Harrell and Darius Thornwell we've talked about in the pod before. Uh, went to the line, I think, 15 times in one game. Love that. So keep an eye on him, but those guys probably won't be real. I think the only guy with chance at minutes is Bryce Johnson. Ah, Pelicans and Denver. This was a good one. Um, as far as the game was, it went down to the wire kind of. Uh, Pelicans-wise, Chet Diallo didn't play in the final game, but he really impressed as well. I probably wouldn't put him in that because we know he's not going to get minutes because he's behind Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis. But overall, he looked, he transformed, really. And this guy barely played at Kansas, and he played great in Summer League. We saw him go off against the Clippers on that Saturday when AD sat. And I'm sold. I'm pretty sold. Um, really complete art. Last year, it was one dribble and up, post up. Breakaway, runs the floor great. He used to be a straight line guy. Now he really has a lot of post moves. He's got a nice jumper. He shoots the ball well from the free throw line when he's on. So I think he's going to be in the rotation. Um, with if AD or Brow go down, you're going to want to pick up check check yourself. Um, besides him, I'm good. We can move on. I'm already way behind schedule. So Denver, Malik Beasley shot. He's like he was like DeMar DeRozan with more range as far as shot selection goes, but so many tough shots. Uh, he he had a huge second half in one game, probably one of the best second halves uh, of the whole event. Um, shared the ball a lot, dribbled a lot. Um, they don't really have a reliable point guard. We saw Monte Morris get some minutes there, but I think Monte is going to be very much G League bound. And yeah, that's kind of it there. Torrey Craig had a couple huge games, but he he's going to be fighting for a two-way. He may have earned it, though. Um, so he looks solid. So Tyler Lydon, I think I talked about this before, but I used to see, I just don't I, don't... I don't get that pick. I love Denver's picks, like, all the time, but I did not like this pick at all. Really didn't. So, whatevs. Um, yeah, move on. Uh, no, we didn't, we didn't talk about Wancho. Wancho was really ball-dominant early. Didn't play late in summer league. But he looked great. Um, they're going to want to play him at the three. No Gallo. Uh, they're going to play Wilson. We don't know what Wilson Chandler's deal is yet. But like we said before, he wants consistency in his role. He wants a position to play. He wants to either start. He wants to come off the bench. He doesn't want to be moved around. So that's what Malone has to do. And they're still so deep, this team. Yeah, Conley... Talked about that power forward with 
they basically moved for Reed, who was straight four, and now he's going to probably be a straight five this year. Um, so we'll see what they do with their other free agents and restricted free agents and stuff. But yeah, they they have shot makers. They have Jamal Murray. They have Gary Harris, one of the most efficient shooting guards in the NBA, especially with low volume. Um, you don't usually see low volume guys put the ball up that well, unless you're like JJ Redick or something like that. But Harris is so tight, man. I'm sure if you listen to this pod, you know how. You probably like Harris as much as I do. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, let's move on, man. We're a little slow today so far. Not We haven't got to the winner's bracket yet. Uh, we, I skipped over the, the 76ers. Uh, Marco Fultz got shots up yesterday. That's great. Um, we don't really need to talk about him. I think you guys kind of get the picture. Just killer on ball. Killer being good. Loved. Loved what I saw, just really aggressive. It's Summer League, so he didn't really pop like DSJ or somebody like that. But he had his moments. You could see the burst, you could see the defense, you could see the length, all these things you like to see. So I don't, I know if I had Jonas on the pod right now, he he likes him a lot more than I do. And Jonas did watch Fultz during his Washington days. I did not, to admit that. Um, wasn't an NCAA. Again, I watch all NBA all the time, so I really can't speak to how guys played in NCAA. But I, I like he has the tools for sure. It's just usage, man. You really don't want to. Like, ben Simmons is going to have the ball a lot. Embiid's going to be top three in usage rate. And we're going to get your minute. We're going to get your shots from. Uh, I don't think Philly's going to be that fast, as young as they are. That team isn't really built to run because they run so much offense through Embiid and through Simmons and. Uh, Simmons didn't really play that fast in summer league last year from what I was seeing. He wasn't like Lonzo, for instance. Lonzo Ball would many, many, many outlet passes. Simmons would dribble a few times and then find the pass, fend, find, fend who was open. Lonzo would just like, oh, you're open down there? Bam. He he was, I mean, I don't know if I've seen anyone better at that, that than Lonzo. But, so, yeah, again, pace, usage, these things concern me with Fultz. He's a rookie. He's going to take a lot of outside shots, so field goal percentage, blah, blah, blah. You get the picture. Uh, let's talk some Jonah Bolden. He's right there for, like, top five big men that impressed me. He is really, really good. He shoots the ball well. He is a terror protecting the paint. Very quick to react on the weak side. I, I loved what I, a guy I barely knew anything about. Other than video, like videos and stuff, he is—he has it, man. I'm pretty sold that he's going to be a decent player. The problem is, no minutes, right? So, uh, and actually, shout out to uh, Adam Mars. Uh, he had a, um, a trade hypothetical. He writes for Denver Stiffs, and he's also a great follow. Um, I forget what his Twitter handle. I think it's Adam underscore Mars, M A M A R E S. But he was talking about a Malik Beasley for. Doing a Bolden trade. Like, that would be cool. I would love to see that. Um, Bolden playing some power forward next to Jokic. That would be cool. Uh, so, uh, again, I love I love Jonah Bolden, man. Uh, he really impressed me. Uh, we love guys who can shoot the three and block shots. Like, Miles Turner. That's our boy, right? So, he looked great. Uh, I thought Forkant Korsmas looked good. Uh, had the reverse dunk. You can see he's predominantly a shooter. But he did well inside when he had the chance to do so. Uh, especially when we saw guys sit, um, TLC and so forth, so and Poitras and all those guys all sat. So um, he's clear. He's probably behind. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation, especially with if Redick hadn't been on the Sixers, then I think maybe we could see him in there. But freaking a, not not going to happen. All right, sorry. So all right, we're good. Chicago, uh, Denzel Valentine finally went off late. Um, Everything he was kind of a Jimmy Butler um, in summer league, just passing the ball, holding the ball, posting up a little bit, everything you want to see. Played well. He did have a kind of a shot at players who sat in summer league. He's like, "Hey, it's a consolation game, but I'm going out there and playing." So I loved hearing that. Um, and again, we love basketball lifers. So we didn't really see him play point. I think they always had him out there with another point guard. I could be wrong on that, but still, that's fine. Um, he's going to play shooting guard with Levine out as much as the Levine talk about him being ready for camp and all that jazz. Yeah, no, I, I, they're not going to play Levine a lot of minutes. There's just no way. It makes no sense. Uh, as ba- as much as the Wolves didn't really lose wins with Levine after he got hurt, Levine's a good player, man, um, especially with a team that is starving for three-point shooting. So, 
Yeah, keep an eye on Valentine if you can get it going. Uh, who else? Uh, Lori Markkinen, very blah. Um, had some nice easy cuts off rebounds and stuff. and Three-point shooter. I wasn't impressed on defense. Um, we, we don't know what's up with Miritich yet. But I, I don't really. I don't, he doesn't do it for me. And again, we talked about we talked about this after draft, dude. Take Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, marking in what the odds that he is going to be a franchise player for you or what? Like, how many Dirk Nowitzki comparisons are there? Like a hundred, and how many are Dirk? One. So, uh, yeah. All right. So the point guard battle with Chris Dunn and Cameron Payne. <sighs> Cameron Payne, I think I'll just leave it at that. He was bad, man. I don't even, yeah, he, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Chris Dunn, again, it, it was like thunderstruck, man. It felt like someone took his powers. He just didn't look like the same player he was. He was a killer last year with the small sample that we saw. I'm sorry, for this year. This wasn't there. So, I don't know. I'm not ready to write Chris Dunn off yet. I'd probably draft him uh, over Jerry Grant and all those guys. He could be a decent off-ball guy. Um, and Valentine talked about that a little bit. Uh, how Dunn and Payne and Grant would all fit together. So, yep. So I guess we're good there. Yeah, we're good there. Uh, anybody else I'm forgetting? No, I don't think so. I thought Chris Walker was pretty cool. He had some really nice highlights. Pretty strong rebounder. A lot of bouncy stuff going on there. Uh, really relevant game here. Uh, no, Not a lot of guys played. With the Kings and the Suns, we'll start with the Kings. I, I like what Justin Jackson did a lot. He didn't really light it up as a shooter, but he got to the line a little bit. He was really aggressive. I thought he played really good defense. I'm pretty sure he's in the rotation. Um, I mean, he you draft a guy who played as much as he did in a prominent program like UNC, you're gonna give him minutes. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that Scott Perry had an impact on the way they drafted. They were all about foreign guys, and they went, what, Fox, Kentucky, Jackson, UNC, Giles, Duke, and then Mason, Kansas. You really don't get much bigger than that. So, they're going to miss him, man. Uh, we'll see if someone else could be the level head uh, for Vlade, who kind of wants to do other stuff. We saw them pick up other players, help short term. So, the Kings had a pretty solid offseason, man. As much as the, the the bar is set very low, you could probably an ant could probably clear it. But um, he's anyways. So who else? Scal disappointing. Um, I'm not going to draw conclusions. He's not really much of a guy I'd expect to dominate in summer league. Didn't really see much on defense. Didn't really show anything new to me. Um, didn't look very bouncy. I thought he looked better in late regular season, so we'll see if that... Tra- I wouldn't really worry about that. I still think he's someone to possibly look at. George's Papianis got hurt a little bit. Just a, um, a butt contusion. Or a bruise. But... Same thing. But... He's such a project, man. I don't really see him getting into a Zebo round. So... I thought De'Aaron Fox looked good. You could really see the shooting troubles. Kind of remind me a little bit of Chris Dunn. Uh, a guy that... But probably a better interceptor of passes and pressuring guys. And that was really Dunn's calling card, right? That's why he went as high as he did. They both went with the same pick, too. So, yeah. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't focus on Fox. Uh, obviously, there's other guys I would take. But, especially with George Hill there. Who else? Buddy Hill looked good early. Had a big shot. Yeah, I could see drafting Buddy Heald if I'm looking for somebody. Um, Malachi didn't really play much. Uh, a little disappointing from him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Jackson pushes past him. Um, Jackson looked really, really, really good. Um, he should have, though, with all the time he had out there. And props for him for playing when he didn't need to in a consolation game. Suns-wise, Marquise Chris rolled his ankle, did not play in this game. Should be okay. Haven't heard talk of an MRI just yet, but it's Summer League. I don't think he broke anything, so he was back on the bench. That's a great sign. Usually when you see that, that means that they're okay. Um, although they didn't, I don't know if they have an x-ray machine at Cox Pavilion slash Thomas and Max slash Mendenhall, I think the practice facility is. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought Chris looked fine. 
didn't really pop, but uh, he's good. You know, he's going to play some five. There's a lot of trade rumors. The Suns really want to get Tyson Chandler off their books. They really want to get Brandon Knight off their books. And they would just want to play this young roster, what they set the record for the youngest starting lineup of all time last year. And that's the plan. They want to play him. They want to play Bender. They obviously want to play Booker. They want to play Eulis a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they could trade Eric Bledsoe for draft picks. They're really just stacking up their deck, very much like the Sixers, without the complete give me worst record kind of thing. Although the Suns were the only team in the draft last year to fall two spots because the Lakers hopped them and the Kings hopped them, which turned out to be the Sixers pick. So, they're not going all out. They did go all out tank more so than anyone's ever done, right? Shutting down Eric Bledsoe, a healthy Eric Bledsoe, and a healthy Tyson Chandler, that's kind of outside the box. So, you could tell that Ryan McDonough, the GM, has some respect for the process. But they got a good look at guys. They saw Tyler Ewells can play. Okay, back on track. Thought Derek Jones Jr. looked good. He took five threes uh, this, in this game, which was very unusual for the lefty. Uh, yeah, uh, solid. He, I don't expect him to play many minutes. Um, Mike James, foreign player, uh, took a shot at Europe for not treating him well enough, apparently. But... Yeah, he's probably got third point guard, and he's probably in decent shape, man. And that's part of the reason why they want Knight to go bye-bye. Or they want Knight to go good night, is to play James, man. So I thought that was pretty good stuff. Josh Jackson, you can really see the versatility with him. Um, he likes to leak out for getting buckets, and he likes isolation, and he set some screens. He took some screens. Some ball screens, off-ball screens. He, he has a lot to his game, and it's just a real nice foundation for what they can build with him. So, obviously, the TJ Warren stuff comes up. Where does he fit initially? Who starts? Um, if I'm them, out of the gate, you probably would start Warren because you, you want to win games early, I guess, see if you got something. But I think if the Suns start losing games, and they will... It makes more sense to start Jackson, right? I think TJ Warren, and who played basically four positions or three positions last year, partly because of the depth on the roster, but he can play shooting guard. He can play power forward. He's he's pretty bulky. I thought his defense really turned out better than I thought last season. So Warren's Warren's solid, man. Um, I don't he if they start Jackson out of the gate, it's possible. There are dark horse for six man. Uh, I could see him being a guy that can fill it up, man. Um, again, once he shook off that little head injury, he bookended that season so well. It was red hot. What fantasy it was like third round for the first month, and then what second half of the season? I think he was like third or fourth round. So yeah, he, he's he's good. Okay, he obviously was in the summer league. All right, we're behind again. So. Let's move on. We're still not in the winner's bracket yet. Uh, we are almost there. Cleveland and Toronto. We didn't see Jakob Pertl. We didn't see Pascal Siakam in the final game, but we saw enough out of them to draw some conclusions. Pascal Siakam looked great. Shot the ball pretty well. That was their big concern. Defended well. Jerry Stackhouse, the D-League coach, talked him up for that. Chance at minutes. I don't really see it. They have to figure out what they're going to do with Pat Patterson's minutes. He's in Oklahoma City now. So, not going to draft him, but yeah. Uh, I thought Fred Van Fleet played well. Maybe he could push DeLon right if I'm in the 16 team. I would take a flyer on right, especially with how Kyle Lowry gets hurt late last se- late in the season so much. So, I'll keep an eye on that situation. We'll see what DeLon right looks like in camp, but uh, I would say that DeLon has an inside track on that. Uh, and that's why they let Corey Joseph go and picked up CJ Miles if we missed that. Jakob Pertl, really good. Good rebounder. Showed a lot of tough shots. A lot of like reversals and post-ups with fadeaways and hook shots. And he, he, looked, he looked good. He looked like an all-star in summer league. And that's what you want to see for second-year players. You want to see him go out there and kill. So props for him. Still can't really draft him. He's going to have to fight off minutes. We'll see if JV gets traded. But if JV gets traded, then we could look at Jakob a little bit. But there's some minutes to go around. They did play Damari at the four a little bit. Damari Carroll's in Brooklyn if you missed that. So 
There's some minutes up for grabs. Not that you're going to draft Siakam. We saw Siakam get decent minutes and not do anything with him. All right, so that does it for the losers. Um, man, we're already deep in this podcast. <laughs> so we'll try to get through this. All right, so Portland. Uh, let's start with let's start with Sacramento. Uh, so, yeah, San Antonio first. Brent Forbes, great. Um, was leading summer league until the last day, but he lost that distinction with only a 13 point or two of eight from the field. I wonder if Simmons bolting is because they trust Forbes. I, I'm not sure on that, but it feels like it feels like it is maybe for how cheap he was. And Simmons said it was the toughest decision he had to make, maybe um, to get him on a good deal like that. That's kind of a head scratcher, but that's kind of San Antonio's thing, right? Develop your guys. If they're not like Kawhi or you know a real difference maker that's going to win you a title, like Tony Parker or who Tim Duncan, obviously they're just they like to build their roster top heavy, and that's their way. Um, and they trust that people are going to want to go there. And they should, man. I mean, that team is what if you were born in like 1975 or later like that's the most consistent team you've ever seen in your life i mean you could, people who could drink now can have have seen the spurs go to the playoffs like every year of their life um, it's just nuts so um, or even if you're in foreign like you could walk before that went down uh, or talk or whatever so, what, 18-year-old drinking age and stuff. So, anyways, uh, what else? I mean, Bertans, cool. DeJounte Murray, we talked about him in the last pod. He didn't really play uh, much in Vegas, but disappointing. I don't think Bryn Forbes is going to really challenge him. Uh, and Forbes did say after the game that he liked playing on the ball with Murray out. When Murray went down, they were like, all oh, Bryn Forbes all the time. So, um, Derek White actually was really good. And, uh, man... I don't know how this guy didn't get a D1 offer. He was basically a... He got like an offer from a culinary school. Um, didn't get any D1 offers in, in high school. And yeah, worked his tail off and had a killer. One of the most efficient players. Uh, high volume players in D1 last year. He was just... Well, I think like 63, 64 true shooting or something like that. Uh, it's just really good. What else we got? I think that's kind of it. Yeah. All right. Um, Portland. Yes. Biggie. Biggie Smalls is the illest. Um, I have to shout out a blurb that I wrote today. It was one of my favorite blurbs I've ever written. Uh, if you don't know, Caleb Swanigan's nickname is Biggie. I am a big Biggie fan. Um, one of my favorites of all time, if not my most favorite. I'm probably a big L guy. So, so with Biggie going off... I dropped seven references with Biggie tracks and song references in his blurb. Um, Everyday Struggle was in there. Hypnotize. Juicy. Juicy stat lines. I, I kind of just went nuts. <sighs> so, yeah. I love this guy. And I don't know if I've ever seen a guy at Summer League grab hard contested rebounds like the way I saw Swanigan. This guy, I mean... He had, I think, three boards off three spurs underneath him. And check out my Twitter. There was one where it was Jake Lehman was in a left corner three. And before the ball left his hand, you could see Swanigan fighting to go to the other side of the court to catch the ricochet. So anyone who's had a rebounding coach knows that when you're shooting on one side, you expect the ball to go the other side. So you could see him track Lehman's shot, look up. And fight through three guys to get this rebound. It, it was... I love to rebound. And that is... That's art, man. I, I love that. So, he's legit, man. Yeah, Zach Collins got hurt. But I don't know if... We, we saw... If you played DFS and you had a center, you played him against Portland because they couldn't rebound. And... Eh, I mean, I kind of like that, right? So... We'll see. Collins is more of a stretch five. Um, so I, I want to see what happens with that. What else? Um, yeah, I think that's it for Swanigan. But I love I love what I saw again. 
He's the illest. He'll be ready to drive up his fantasy value. Get it? Um, yeah, I, I can make biggie puns for the rest of this podcast, but we're behind. Uh, Jake Lehman played well, as expected. Slow first half, massive usage rate. We know this guy loves to shoot it when he's out there. Um, don't expect him to get minutes. Um, keep it on. I thought Zach Collins played all right before he got hurt. Minor injury, but that's kind of it there. Uh, moving on. Boston pretty much sat everyone. Zizich didn't play. Tatum didn't play. Jalen Brown didn't play. Nader didn't play. Nader just got a deal. He's going to be on the roster now. Uh, Semi Ojale is apparently getting a four-year, two-year guaranteed deal. No show. Uh, he had a really bad game. Uh, he played some four again for I think the third straight game. Didn't look good on either end. Didn't get the ball much. Didn't get the ball inside like at all. Um, this, this game just got ugly, and they gave up so many open threes to Dallas. Just Boston's, Boston's defense just fell apart. Um, so we'll move on. DSJ finally had a bad game. But the good part is, if you want to look glass half full, only 15 minutes. So that means he should get good minutes against Lonzo Ball, and I cannot wait for that. 8 o'clock Eastern time, 5 Pacific, and local time. That's so tight. <laughs> but Yogi Ferrell, 20 points. Um, we'll talk about DS, DSJ's so good, man. Um, I think he's my favorite rookie to draft. I'd probably take him over Fultz. I don't know if that's crazy or not. Um, again, if you're probably Roto, it may be better for Fultz, but maybe not. Because, I mean, it's not like Fultz is going to be good for field goal percentage. But DSJ is going to be really good. Um, I think he's going to be really good in steals. Again, we need to see Dallas push the pace more. We need that. If he does that, then we're good. That would be a big difference maker. We saw Yogi Ferrell. Again, a big takeaway is Ferrell and Dennis Smith Jr. keep starting. They're okay. We've, we've seen this really for all almost half the season. Carlisle was okay going small, small. Seth Curry is not a big shooting guard, and they were okay playing that. So we'll see what they can do. They really need Nerlens Noel as a backbone. They really need Harry B to play well, and they really need to be able to switch and def- and go over guys and all that stuff. And Dennis Smith, I guess how much a bounce he has and how well he can get into passing lanes and all that, it's going to be huge for them. So uh, I do have to shout out Ding. And this is cool. This is one of those... If you are a fantasy head and a basketball guy, get get to Vegas, man. You got to go see Summer League. It's so cool. I didn't go again this year, and I kind of hate myself for it. But I didn't go for we, real reasons I won't discuss. But it, it, it's just such a great atmosphere. Go out there. Try to book. And by the way, book your, your if you're going to get a hotel there, book it early, man. And it gets pretty expensive if you wait. So um, Especially if there's a big fight in town or something. But yeah, you know, try to go out there on like a Monday to Monday to Wednesday. Try not to go out there on the weekend. It's gonna sell out and be Vegas will be nuts. But I mean, yeah, if you if you got if you got if you are okay spending money, sure, go on the weekend. It'll be cool. You have a blast. But um, and I have a if you're gonna go next year, I'll just shoot out my list of restaurants that I have you have to go to. But yeah, it's so good, man. Um, but what I'm getting at is when when Ding was getting MVP chance, and I just I love it, man. It makes me. Basketball fans are the best, and I and I say this all the time. But how the hell do you not like basketball? Like, I look at people who like baseball and football and they don't like basketball. Like, what? They still make you <laughs> to steal Chris Rock's thing from Chris Rock. Didn't talk about basketball for that, so <laughs> I won't talk about what he talked about. Um, anyways, all right, we're back on track, so we'll go. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, uh, Brasino looked good. Dorian Finney-Smith's defense has been underrated uh, or under talked about. He's been that's why that's why he made the team because his defense in summer league last year. Not much fantasy stuff going on with Miami. Uh, Bam didn't play. Okara White didn't play. Uh, I thought AJ Hammonds had a pretty good summer league. Um, Justin Robinson had some bright spots. Norvell Pell had three insane blocks in this game. He won't make the team, I don't think. Um, but yeah, he's he was fun, man. This is again, it, the highlights are there, man. If you enjoy a good highlight, that's kind of NBA's calling card, right? You get more highlights per game than any other sport. Baseball has like two or three, 
football, maybe like five or six. If you like highlights, man, basketball is your, basketball is your jam. All right, so we're saving, I guess, the best for last, and that's Lonzo Ball. Um, yeah, well, let's go, let's go Nets first. I thought the Nets played well. Their defense kind of fell apart, and what is going to be one of their strengths was kind of their weakness, and that was pace. Uh, hoisted by their own petard, I guess, you know. But they the Lakers ran all over them. I, th I thought when they got into half court, they defended all right. But when they weren't, they just weren't communicating well. For a team that was playing guys that had, let's count them, one, two, three, four, four of their five starters. Yeah, Archie Gordon came off the bench. He got minutes last year. But to have four of your five starters get minutes consistently in the last, last, half, last 40 games of the season you got to be able to communicate better on defense. Um, so I'm sure Atkinson is really kicking himself for that. But anyways, uh, I thought Karis LeVert played solid one-on-one -on -one defense when you're not talking about team defense. Um, had his best game with 23 points offensively. Really did a little bit of everything as far as the score goes. Um, went kind of back to when we saw him at his best, it was like give him the ball in the wing, let him cook somebody, and let him score uh, on one or two dribbles. And that's what he did today. So good for him. Rondé. Rondé, Rondé was a win. Rondé had... Seeing if Rondé, even though it's Summer League, again... But they wanted to see him play four all the time. They wanted to see him switch. They wanted to see him kind of quarterback the defense from behind. He did that. So I thought you could kind of see him communicating and all that. So I thought Rondé had a pretty good Summer League with that in respect with that. So, good for him. Uh, didn't do what he had a couple crazy shots late. Um, that's fine. Uh, he's played well, man. Um, we'll see if he can fit in the rotation at all. Uh, now that they have D'Angelo and all those boys. Uh, Isaiah Whitehead, minor injury, but nothing really too impressive there. Okay, so Lakers. Uh, Zubats played pretty well. Uh, I thought slightly better than expected. Um, great. His defense is better than expected for sure, but not much offense. We love the sky hook, but he had more hook shots per attempt than anyone with anything volume-wise. They didn't really do that. They kind of let him roll. They didn't really let him do anything one-on-one. -on -one. That's what they're That's what they're going to do. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was really good. Uh, like he's probably the top five non-lottery players right now, especially with how thin that team is. Uh, 26 points, what, and 31 the other night. This guy's got an arsenal, man. He, he is up and down. Uh, Luke Walton really talked him up, said how he likes these switches, likes how he talks on defense, passes, all that good stuff you love to hear. And I think, you know, we, we see this all the time where guys just get talked up so hard, sick of it. But looks pretty legit, man. I don't, I think he's got a chance. I don't think he can really play the three yet. But if he can somehow play the four, the or he will play the four, the five, or the three. That'll help him, man. They need some. They need some threes out there, position and shooting. I guess they don't have a lot of three-point shooters out there. All right, what else? Uh, Josh Hart looked good before he got hurt. Brandon Ingram, we've talked about on the pod before. He looked amazing before that cramp. Uh, I thought Alex Caruso played pretty well. He's probably the inside has the inside track for backup point guard minutes. We'll see if that changes. Um, Derek Rose. Uh, and by the way, uh, Luke Wallen did say Lonzo is going to start by default, so not surprised. Uh, Vanderblue, killer in the G League, not surprising that he kills here. We've seen him play big minutes in the NBA when the Lakers were shorthanded. Okay, so Lonzo. The dives are talked about, the triple doubles are talked about, and his shoes are talked about way too much. I can't believe how much people talk about that. But I thought he rebounded really well. He had a couple really big clutch rebounds in this game. And that, that's cool. You could tell. He he wants... Maybe he is... You know what? That may be part of it. I think that the balls know that triple doubles are talked about so freaking much that they're like, yo, get those boards, man. Get those triple doubles. Westbrook just won it because he had more triple doubles than anyone. Like, I, I think that LeVar was probably in his ear about that, man. I, I Honestly, if I'm the reporters, I would ask that. Like, hey, why are you going up to the board so much? Rather than what... And I don't mean to diss anybody, but I, I really don't like how much they talk about that shoe stuff. Maybe that's just me. 
I'm I'm a Jordan Nike guy through and through. But these guys are just feeding the balls, man. And they are, and they just must be chilling to hear how much people talk about. It's crazy, um, man. I and I'll say this: Lavar gets a bad rap, and I will say I'm kind of sick of hearing him for someone who covers basketball. But chill with like the bad talk, man. I mean, his sons are all doing really well. They all do well in school and all that. He's a good dad. He's just loud, and he's he he's he's smart. He's a businessman. Uh, he actually called Embiid out like that. He had a, a good shot at Embiid, where he's like, "If you if you work for someone, you got to watch your mouth." And he's right. So that was kind of a, it's true. So that's why I don't curse in this podcast. So, uh, anyways, uh, Lonzo looks good. Uh, I think he and DSJ are probably neck and neck. If I'm drafting for fantasy um, with Fultz just behind again, I like a Fultz. A Fultz is upside in year. And this is just for redraft. Long term, I still think Fultz is the best player. So, you know, you take the best player. So, yeah. All right, man. So, long. this is probably my longest solo pod, talking about Summer League. I, Like we said to start the podcast, I really do have a problem with, with talking about, talking stuff that some people don't care about. Uh, let's just swim, I guess. So, uh, thanks for hanging out. I'm not sure when we're going to do a question pod. Um the rest of the Rotor World crew isn't dialed in on Summer League like I am, I guess. So hopefully we have these guys on to talk about some other stuff. We haven't really done a free agency pod. We'll probably do that with Ryan on Monday or Wednesday or whatever it is. Um, again, two questions, too. Um, I'll try to get to them to you or whatever. My su- i got to say my Summer League mentions get destroyed because people will at me for like stupid stuff that don't even... Twitter needs to have like a people who don't follow you. Okay, but I'm rambling again. All right, so you guys take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and enjoy the semifinals, man. And please don't rest DSJ and Ball. We want to see that championship game on Monday, and we won't have to see a million Travago commercials and Gatorade commercials. Uh, and that girl's super cool outfits with her black shoes and black belt and blue dress. I know all our outfits. Like it's so sad. What? We're ending on that. So, again, take care. Catch you later.